Well, good morning, everyone. That was pretty weak, so I'll give you another run at it. Good morning, everyone. Ah, that's better. That's amazing. Hey, speaking of amazing, uh, this is Celebration Sunday. Celebration Sunday, if you're not familiar at Mission View, is two to three times a year. We come together as a body believers and we focus our attention, our time, observing, watching, sharing all that God has done, all that God is doing, and all that God continues to do. Celebration. Would you say the word celebrate with me? Celebrate. Now say with conviction, celebrate. Now I'm going to date myself here, but in the 80s there was a great song by Cool and the Gang called Celebration. How many of you are familiar with it? Yeah, even if you don't even know what I'm talking about, celebrate good times, come on. And so uh, that is truly, when it comes to the body of Christ, there is things that are worth celebrating. Things that are going on in this ministry, things that are going on and around our lives. I'm, I don't know if you have taken time to go down to the children's wing, but they are averaging now anywhere from 80 to 100 every single week. Kids coming in, learning God's word, coming out. They don't just do a craft, but there's a reason, there's a purpose for everything, and that is is worth celebrating because that gives you an hour and 15 minutes to be away from your kids. You know, that's worth celebrating. There are things going on in our student ignite ministry where we have some students that have been serving. We have two missions trips that are going on in our, our, our middle school, high school, uh, Ignite ministry, uh, student ministry. Uh, one of them will be in uh, Mexico. Another missions trip will be regionally here. But we have high schoolers and middle schoolers that are saying, hey, I want to honor, I want to serve the Lord, and that this morning is worth celebrating. Let's celebrate that together. We have some things going on in our men's ministry, in our women's ministry. There's small groups, there's mentoring, there's if tables, there's men of iron. Uh, men are coming into a greater walk with the Lord, being God's man, doing God's business for God's glory. Ladies are coming together, they're connecting and they're honoring and they're serving the Lord and studying the scriptures together. And that this morning is worth celebrating as well. There are so many things that the Lord is doing and we've already celebrated one of them this morning. And that is the celebration of communion. In just a little bit, we're going to be looking at the celebration of inviting new people, uh, new members into this body. That maybe you've been sitting here for a while and you say, I want to be a member of this church. And we're going to be recognizing them this morning. And we also have a baptismal that we're baptizing two people this morning that have said, you know what? I am a believer in Christ, but I want to go public. I want to let everyone know. And that is worth celebrating this morning. So we have the right this morning to throw a party. Uh, we have the right to celebrate and rejoice all that God is doing in our lives. And I'm thankful that we can give attention and we can give praise to the one who is worthy to be praised. If you took some time and you were to read through the book of Ephesians, Ephesians is filled, this letter that Paul gives to the church of Ephesus, it's filled with what we would say every day is a wind day. Every day is a wind day. In all of our lives, no matter how difficult it gets, no matter what's going on, there's something that we can look at in every single day and say, that today made it a win day. And so that is a part of celebrating. And we're going to take a look in a moment at Ephesians 4, I'm sorry, Ephesians 3, verses 
14 to 21. But before we do, let me just give you a little bit of background on the book of Ephesians. Paul writes this letter to the church of Ephesus. Ephesus was located uh, in Asia Minor, which is now modern-day Turkey. And he is writing this letter to this church. It's a thriving church. It's a church that loves the Lord Jesus Christ. And he is reminding them of the wins that God is accomplishing and doing in their lives and in our lives indirectly. Now understand the celebrations that Paul is going to show us here in these verses, the world does not recognize them. The world does not see them as something to celebrate. But for those of us that are in Christ, like communion, which we just took, it is worth celebrating and recognizing all that God is accomplishing in our lives, all the victories that are going on. So meet me, if you would, in Ephesians 3, in verses 14 to 21. And stay with me as I follow, al or follow along here in Ephesians 3, verses 14 to 21. Paul says, for this reason I bow my knees before the Father from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what the breadth and length and height and depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think, according to the power at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Do you see the phrase there in verse 14 when Paul starts out, he says, for this reason. That's just a strange way to start a conversation. It's as if Paul just jumps in. It's like someone walking up to you and saying, well, because, and just continuing in the conversation. Paul is recognizing the fact that there are some things, there are some wins, there are some celebrations that he has already talked about in this letter leading up to this point, which causes him to say, for this reason. He is relating to some of the things that have already occurred. And I want to show you what those are. So that when we come to verses 14 to 21, we have a really good understanding of the celebration and the wins that are occurring in the Ephesians church and hopefully in our lives as well. Let me show you just a few of them to, keep you, you know, to get you up to speed. Ephesians 1, 7, and 8 tells us this. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight and insight. I am rescued and forgiven of my sins. Let's say it together. I am rescued and forgiven of my sins. No matter what your day is, no matter what's going on in your life, no matter how hard things might be, you can always come back to this celebration statement. And the celebration statement is, I am rescued. I have been rescued by an incredible, loving God who loves me more than life itself, and my sins have been forgiven. That is worth celebrating. The Ephesian church is celebrating that, and we celebrate that today as well for those of us that are in Christ. Ephesians 2, verses 1 to 5 and verse 8 
tells us this. And you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. And then in verse 4, what is the first word in verse 4? But. It's a contrast. But God being rich in mercy because of his great love in which he has loved us, even while we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. We celebrate the reality that we are no longer dead in our trespasses and sins, but we have been made alive through Christ. Aren't you thankful for that today? That we are no longer under the penalty of sin and death. Someone has said this, uh, um, the, the harder life gets, the sweeter God can become because we draw on his strength. The fact that you have been saved is enough to thank him for all eternity. And any bad day with Christ is far better than any good day without him. He has cast our sins as far as, who can tell me? East is from west, not north to south because there's a connection there. But east is from west, there is no beginning and there is no end. And we can celebrate with the Ephesian church today. Mission View Church can say, I am rescued and my sins are forgiven. But we can also say, I am alive in Christ because of Christ. Let's say that together. I am alive in Christ because of Christ. That is a win that is worth celebrating. Ephesians 2.10 tells us this, for we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus, which he has prepared good works in advance for us to do. We are his greatest masterpiece, his greatest craftsmanship, and he has prepared some incredible things for us to partake of and to be involved in, even in, in advance, so that we would live for him. I am created for his good pleasure. Let's say that together. I am created for his good pleasure. That is a win to the Ephesian church, and that certainly is a win for those of us in Christ today. In Ephesians 3, verses 4 to 6, it tells us this. When you read this, you can perceive my insight into the mystery of Christ, which was not made known to the sons of men in other generations, and it has now been revealed to his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit. This mystery is that the Gentiles are fellow heirs, members of the same body, and partakers of the promise in Christ Jesus through the gospel. The gospel has been revealed to us. The church, the mystery of the church, this is why we are here today that all of us probably in here are Gentiles. And the gospel was brought to us so that we can be united in Christ. And so the wind today is that I am united in the, into the body of Christ. Let's say that together. I am united in the body of Christ. So when we come to Ephesians chapter 3, verses 14 to 21, this is why he says, for this reason. And he will give us three things that he's praying for the church of Ephesians, or the church of Ephesus, uh, as a win, as a celebration. And I want to share those with you today. Look at verse 16. That according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being. 
If there's something that all of us need today, if there's something in the midst of our hardship and heartache and the trials of life, it's we need strengthened. But the strength that Paul is talking about here is not a physical strength and how much can I bench press or, or uh, uh, do I have the strength to run a 5K. He's talking about a spiritual strength that comes through the power of the Holy Spirit that he offers each and every one of us. And he is praying that you may receive strength, a spiritual strength. We can rejoice and celebrate today that God through his son has given us the strength and power that this world does not have. It's a strength. Uh, the word dunamis is the word where we get dynamite, power. Uh, it comes not from our own power or position, but it comes from the Spirit of God. And we can rejoice today in that. Uh, you and I have reason to celebrate today that because of Christ, we can rise above our circumstances and not be crippled by them. It is through the riches of Christ that he talks about that, that may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in his inner being. And this is not just a one-time shot in the arm, but this is continually ongoing. Power, power, power. Say that word with me. Power. He wants to give us strength each and every day through his spirit. These are bright lights up here. I will tell you that right now. It is very hot in here. How many of you are hot? I don't mean that in a derogatory way. Um, ah, thank you. Uh, no. <laughs> so let's celebrate this this morning. Lord, we celebrate today your power in us as we rise above our circumstances. Let's say that together. Lord, we celebrate today your power in us as we rise above your circumstances. This was Paul's prayer to the church in Ephesians. This is our prayer that Lord, Every day is a wind day because I find my strength, my stability, my significance in you because you have given me the power of your Holy Spirit. That's a win worth celebrating. The second thing that Paul prays for the uh, church in Ephesus and for us as well that's worth celebrating is may you grasp or experience the incredible love of Christ. May you grasp or experience the incredible love of Christ. And this takes place when we have Christ taking residency in our heart. Christ takes residency in our heart. He manages. He comes in. Permanency. He dwells within us. No other religion and no other person can boast of this. Only Jesus Christ can boast of this. Galatians 2.20, for I have been crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, yet not I but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Christ has taken up residency in your heart. Before Christ, in many ways, we were formless and void. We had no identity. We had no purpose. Uh, there was really no passion for the things of God. And yet when he came in and took residency in our life, one scholar said that he came and pitched his tent in my heart and is staying there for good. And we celebrate today that Christ is in me and I am in Christ. And because I'm in Christ, because he dwells in my heart, he gives me the opportunity, the capability to be able to love and experience his love. And we see it here where it says this, 
in verses 17 and 18. So that, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth. We are rooted and grounded in his love. Rooted and grounded. Rooted and grounded in his what? His love. His love. We celebrate that we have him in our life and that is by having him in our life, we are rooted and grounded in his love. There's the sense of assurance and stability of the depth of Christ's love in us. Both give the picture of stability being anchored spiritually. Like a tree, how many of you have seen the big redwoods out in California? The, the roots go extremely deep so that when the gale forces come, that tree remains stable. This is the kind of roots that he gives us in his love each and every day, that when the gale forces come in our life and those trials and those heartaches come, that we would remain strong, rooted in him. Paul speaks about this in Colossians 2.6 where he says, Therefore, as you receive Christ Jesus the Lord, walk in him, rooted and built up in him and established in the faith. But it says we are rooted and what? Grounded. Rooted and grounded. Like a building whose foundation or, fitters, or footers go deep. Sears Tower in Chicago, Illinois, 1,729 feet high. That building is not built on a slab. The footers of the Sears Tower go down over 50 yards in order that that building would be grounded, would not be shaken. I want you to see something here. We celebrate today his dwelling in us and his incredible love, but watch this. His love for us is not one-dimensional. It's four-dimensional. My daughter is serving in Thailand right now. She just went to a four-dimensional movie not a three-dimensional, but a four-dimensional movie where she said the chair would turn and they would blow uh, uh, mist and stuff and fog came in. All the, It was a four-dimensional. The love that Christ has for us is not one-dimensional. It is four-dimensional. He speaks about how wide, how high, how long, and how deep is the love of Christ. It's limitless. It has no boundaries. No matter how much we feel like we love the Lord, it is limitless. It's wide, it's high, it's long, and it's deep. And we see the stability of his love in our life. That is worth celebrating because there is someone in my life that loves me and there are no boundaries or limits to his love that he has. 1 John 3, 1 says, See what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God, and that is what we are. Romans 8 reminds us, Neither height nor depth nor length nor width, nothing can separate us from the love of God. So we celebrate this great love today, which he's lavished on us. So let's say it together. Lord, we celebrate today your unlimited love which you've lavished on us. Let's say that together. Lord, we celebrate today your unlimited love which you have lavished on us. 
When you hear the word lavish, what comes to mind? I think about my grandma. My grandma, when you were sitting there and she has given you food and you're like, that, that, that's enough. That's enough, grandma. And she keeps lavish. She just loves you so much. She wants you to, you got to eat. You're so thin. You're so thin. Come on, you got to eat. And she just lavishes that love on us. That's what the Lord is doing. We celebrate his unlimited love, which he has lavished on us. And the third thing that Paul prays for the Ephesians believers and for us that's worth celebrating is may we be filled with the fullness of God. May we be filled with the fullness of God. Verse 19 through 21. And to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think, according to the power at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. May we be filled with the fullness of God. I love the way that the New Living Translation says this. It says, and to experience this love for ourselves, though it is so great that you would never see the end of it or fully know or understand it. What does it mean to be filled with the fullness of God? Let's just use this as an example this morning. And we'll say this is the fullness of God. God wants to fill every single believer in Christ with him. So how much of the fullness of God do you want in your life if this is our life? Is this enough? Is this enough? Because this is what many of us settle for. I've got just a little bit of God's fullness in my life, but that's okay. And I live the rest of my life however I want, but I've got a little bit of the fullness of God. When we speak about the fullness of God, we're speaking about his love, his comfort, his joy, his peace, the fruit of the Spirit in our life. Is this enough? I mean, it's over halfway full. I, I, I have more of the fullness of God than you, or you, and certainly you. <laughs> Is this enough? Have we allowed our spirituality to become what someone is or someone isn't, as opposed to looking at Jesus who can fill us up? And have we missed it? We do our thing. We make our plans, and we ask God to help us. But many of us are content with our lives just being like this. We serve a God whose love is unlimited, who desires to do exceedingly abundantly more than we could ever ask, think, or imagine. And so he doesn't want to just fill us up three quarters. I'm not sure what to do with this now. <laughs> now I'm drooling. How many of you want that? Not that. <laughs> That's not worth celebrating. That is. So many of us just settle for something far less than what we could have. He wants to fill us up so that we would say as a church, he has done exceedingly, 
abundantly, more than I could ever imagine, think, express in my life. He has filled me up to the brim. Think of it in terms of access. So two guys, they're business partners. They, they, they're spending the night in a hotel. They need to fly out the next day. The next morning comes, one of the guys sitting in the airport reading a newspaper, and, and the other guy comes flying in to uh, the, where everyone's sitting, and, and he's like, man, he goes, I, I, I thought I was going to miss the flight. He said, I could not find a taxi. And the guy sitting there reading the paper says, a taxi? Why didn't you just take the free shuttle service that the hotel offers? He goes, they have a shuttle service? He said, yeah, it's for free. Anyone can use it if you're staying the night at the hotel. He goes, I didn't know about that. He goes, well, you should have known about it. He said, we talked about it last night at the pool party where they had karaoke and hors d'oeuvres. And he goes, they had a pool party last night? He said, I went to bed around 9 o'clock. I didn't think anything was going on. He said, when you walk into the foyer, it says pool party, karaoke, hors d'oeuvres, 9.30. He said, I didn't know there was something like that going on. He said, yeah. All of a sudden, he says to the guy reading the newspaper, he says, hey, I'm going to go get a muffin. I haven't had any breakfast. You want something? And the guy goes, oh, no. He goes, I'm full. He said, I, I took full advantage of the full breakfast bar at the hotel this morning. And he's like, what? There was a breakfast bar at the hotel? He said, oh, yeah. He said, it had everything you needed, everything you wanted. He said, I didn't know that. Both of them had access to the same thing. But only one of them utilized it to his advantage. And I think sometimes we do that in our life. We have what God wants to give us. We're to be full with the Lord, filled to the fullness of God. God is offering to us far more than we could ever think or imagine, but many of us have not been using it or utilizing it for the glory of God. He is able to do far more abundantly. In Malawi, Africa, they would say, Jesus is hippopotamusly huge. Because in Malawi, they don't have elephants, but the largest creature there is a hippopotamus. And they would say he is able to do hippopotamously more than we could ever imagine in our lives. He is able. You know that song, he is able more than able to accomplish what concerns me today. He is able more than able to handle anything that comes my way. That is a win worth celebrating. So let's celebrate it. Let's say it together. Lord, we celebrate from generation to generation your glory and your fullness being poured into us. Every day is a win day. All we have to do is look around and see all that he has done, all that he is doing, and all that he desires to be, and join him in the celebration. Three things that Paul prays for us, that as a church we would grow, and every day is a win day. Every day, there's something that we can say, Lord, thank you for. He is worth celebrating. Would you pray with me? Lord, thank you for this morning. We celebrate you. We celebrate your goodness. We celebrate the opportunity that you give us to just bless your name. There's so many things going on here at Mission View, so many things that we're able to celebrate this morning. 
We thank you and praise you that you are worthy to be praised. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay. Thank you, Craig. What I'm going to do at this time is invite the, uh, the new members to come on up on the stage, uh, those that have gone through the new membership uh, program here at Mission View. Uh, just so you know, for future reference, uh, what Mission View does is we have, we put together uh, videos that explain the church um, statement of faith, that explains how our church operates and functions, and we've made it available to anyone who has an interest in learning more about Mission View. Uh, we have opportunity to go through our statement of faith with all candidates who would like to become members at Mission View. And these folks that have come up here have gone through that process. And what a blessing this morning. Um, one of the things, just as a comment, is that church membership, you know, we're not a club. Um, if you've been a Boy Scout, that's one thing. If you've been a Rotarian, that's another. But being a church member is something truly special. Uh, it's special because we're connected to each other. And uh, so this morning, what I'm going to do is I'm going to introduce you to the new members here at Mission View, and I'm going to let you get to know them, and then we're going to give them a few statements to agree with, and uh, we'll be on our way. Wow, what a blessing, guys. Okay, I'm going to start down here on this end and give the microphone. You can pass it and introduce yourself, and I'll grab it at the other end. We're Patrick and Ashley Brayton. I'm Matt Wilcox. Kaylee Wilcox. Matt Leonard. I'm Sherman, this is Sarah. Reynolds. My name is Don Troxell, this is my wife, Hope. I'm Sarah Appleman. And I'm Chad Appleman. I'm Dayton Chad, my wife Ding Ding is in uh, Sunday school teaching. Hi, I'm Dave Whitman and my wonderful wife, Sue. Felicia and Jonathan Thurman. Josh and Lynn Marshall. Elena Adams. Great, thank you. Okay, what I'm going to do is I'm going to read a passage of scripture here that deals with um, being part of the church body. Paul wrote this to the church at Corinthians, and um, so I'm going to read this to you, and uh, we're going to get a, a good perspective of what it means to be part of the body of Christ. Um, for just as many, and this is in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, beginning in verse 12, for just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit we were all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and all were made to drink of one spirit. For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the foot should say, hey, because I'm not a uh, hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell? As it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them as he chose. If all were uh, a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need for you. Nor can the head to the feet, I have no need for you. On the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And on those parts of the body that we think less honorable, we bestow greater honor, and our um, unpresentable parts are treated with greater modesty, which our more presentable parts do not require. But God has so composed the body, giving it greater honor to the part that lacked it, that there may be no division in the body, 
but that the members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. Now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. I'm going to read a few statements here to you, and I'd like you to just kind of affirm with, uh, the first one's going to be amen, and then the rest of them are going to be we will. Bear with me one moment. Your desire to become a member of Mission View Church is affirmation that you've given your life to Jesus. As a member of Mission View, you will live in covenant relationship with the body here at Mission View, holding to the truth of God's word and the Mission View statement of faith. Very good. As a member of Mission View, you will share the time, talents, and treasures the Lord has given you to care for the body here at Mission View to the honor and glory of Jesus Christ. As a member of Mission View, you will share your life with the body in such a way that we can rejoice as you rejoice and suffer as you suffer. Congratulations. We are so happy to have you as part of the body of Mission View. I'd like the body here to give them a round of applause and show them your love. Thank you. One of the great celebrations that we have the opportunity to be able to rejoice in is when someone is baptized. Uh, baptism is an outward expression of the inward faith that you have in Christ. Bobby Watson has come today, and Bobby Watson was the very first person I called on when I came in as an interim pastor. She shared with me some of the difficulties and some of the things that has gone on in her life, but she also shared an incredible testimony of how she came to know the Lord and Bobby, I'm just going to give you a second to share how you came to know the Lord and why you want to be baptized today. I want to be baptized because I want to renew myself in the Lord. I want to be, be, feel refreshed again. Um, I lost a lot of family, and uh, two preachers came to my door. I was ready to give up, give in, just get out of this world. And they came, and they, two of them preached to me about the Lord. And right then and there, I fell on my knees. So... To, to be able to celebrate today uh, the fact that we don't get saved by being baptized. Right. Baptism is our identification, that we go public. Uh, just as I wear a wedding band that shows that I'm married, it identifies me as that I'm married. Baptism does the same thing. It identifies you that you are in Christ and Christ is in you. And Bobby, your commitment to Jesus Christ, your love for him, uh, that these two men that came to your door and shared Christ with you and you got on your knees and you received Jesus Christ is a wonderful tribute of celebration this morning. Yes. And so I am grateful for you and that you would honor the Lord and serve him. And by being baptized today, that you would let your family, you would let the world know that you are a believer in Jesus and yes. you love him. Because of your profession of faith, I baptize you now in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit.
Okay, Savannah, my daughter, we talked about this a long time, and I know I put you off for a while about this, but I wanted you to know how serious I wanted you to take this. And so I really want to ask you and hope you understand why is it that you want to be baptized today? Because I want to show the, the world that I'm a follower and a believer of Jesus. And I know that you'll never regret that. So I want to baptize you today in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit and that you're going to experience his death, his burial, and his resurrection. Good morning. What a great morning. Isn't it been a great celebration so far? And we're going to continue that this morning. So, uh, yeah, let's clap for them one more time as they're getting out. So excited to be here this morning and also looking forward to lunch with all of you. I hope you're all planning on staying because there's a lot of food back there. Uh, just a great Sunday, but I also want to let you know coming up next Sunday, I know it's Memorial Day weekend, but I hope that you will all adjust your calendars to make sure you can be here with us. Uh, the elders have who they feel is a, an excellent candidate for Mission View Church, and that candidate's going to be here preaching next Sunday. So we are excited. We'll tell you more about him next Sunday. We're going to wait until uh, we get closer to that date. Uh, we'll have a, even a little bio for you then. But we just hope that you'll be here to hear him. And then, as Randy explained, those of you that are members, uh, three-fourths of the people that are here that week will be voting, and the elders will be taking that count, and that will help us uh, decide if he will be the new pastor at Mission View Church. So I hope that you'll be here with us. Uh, at this time, I'd like to pray for our lunch and dismiss you as the band's playing. So will you pray with me? Father God, what a great morning. We just are so humbled by you, Father. We're so grateful that we can be together to celebrate as a family, as a body of believers. God, we thank you that we can come together and glorify you through, through our deeds, our songs, our worship, Father, for the reading of your word and the teaching of your word. I just thank you for those that have used their gifts to serve you. And Father, we just pray today that as we partake of this luncheon together, that you would bless it, Father, and that you would bless each of us as we serve you. We thank you so much in Jesus' name. Amen. In the comments.